Hello, this is Tushta Krishna Das, and you're listening to ISKCON Denver podcast, where you can hear all of our classes and kirtans. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and share with others. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Ajasva Paramishtinam Tadgunashraya Yabhaktya Bhajaniya Padambujam Tasmatvam Sarva Bhavena Bhajasva Paramishtinam Tad Gunashraya Yabhaktya Bhajaniya Padambujam Tasmatvam Sarva Bhavena Bhajasva Parameshtinam Tad Gunashraya Yabhaktya Bhajaniya Padambujam Devahuti, 
Sarvabhavena, with loving ecstasy. Bhajasva, worship. Parameshtinam, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Tatguna, the qualities of the Lord. Ashrayaya, connected with. Bhaktiya, by devotional service. Bhajaniya, worshipable. Pada Ambujam, whose lotus feet. Translation in purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Siddha Prabhupada Ki Jai. Translation My dear mother, I therefore advise that you take shelter of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, for His lotus feet are worth worshipping. Accept this with all devotion and love. For thus you can be situated in transcendental devotional service. Purport. The word parameshtinam is sometimes used in connection with Brahma. Parameshti means the supreme person. As Brahma is the supreme person within this universe, Krishna is the supreme personality in the spiritual world. Lord Kapila Dev advises his mother that she should take shelter of the lotus feet of the Supreme Personality of Godhead Krishna because it is worthwhile. Taking shelter of demigods, even those in the highest positions like Brahma and Shiva, is not advised herein. One should take shelter of the Supreme Godhead. Sarva Bhavena means in all loving ecstasy. Bhav, Bhava, is the preliminary stage of elevation before the attainment of pure love of Godhead. It is stated in Bhagavad Gita, Buddha Bhava Samanvitaha. One who has attained the stage of Bhava can accept the lotus feet of Lord Krishna as worshipable. This is also advised here by Lord Kapila to his mother. Also significant in this verse is the phrase Tad Gunashayaya Bhaktiya. This means that discharging devotional service unto Krishna is transcendental. It is not material activity. This is confirmed in Bhagavad Gita. Those who engage in devotional service are accepted to be situated in the spiritual kingdom. Brahma Bhuyaya Kalpate. They at once become situated in the transcendental kingdom. Devotional service in full Krishna consciousness is the only means for attaining the highest perfection of life for the human being. This is recommended herein by Lord Kapila to his mother. Bhakti is therefore nirguna, free from all tinges of material qualities. Although the discharge of devotional service appears to be like material activities, it is never saguna or contaminated by material qualities. Tad Gunashrayaya means that Lord Krishna's transcendental qualities are so sublime that there is no need to divert one's attention to any other activities. His behavior with the devotees is so exalted that a devotee need not try to divert his attention to any other worship. It is said that the demoniac Putana came to kill Krishna by poisoning him 
but because Krishna was pleased to suck her breast, she was given the same position as his mother. Devotees pray, therefore, that if a demon who wanted to kill Krishna gets such an exalted position, why should they go to anyone other than Krishna for their worshipful attachment? There are two kinds of religious activities, one for material advancement and the other for spiritual advancement. By taking shelter under the lotus feet of Krishna, one is endowed with both kinds of prosperity, material and spiritual. Why then should one go to any demigod? Shri Prabhupada Ki Jai. Om Ajnana Timarandasya Gananjana Shalakaya Chakshuran Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurve Namaha Shri Chaitanya Manobishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamayam Dadati Svapadantikam Vanchakalpa Trubyascha Kripasindubyevicha Patitanam Pavanapya Vaishnavapya Namo Namaha Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Srivasari Gaura Bhaktivinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare so I first ask for the blessings of the assembled Vaishnavas and Vaishnavis. Thank you, Prabhu. And those who are listening online and elsewhere, that they please bless me, that I may be able to speak properly on our Gaudiya Vaishnava Siddhanta, as given to us by our Srila Prabhupada, Vaishnava Acharyas. And I pray to say something that can increase and encourage our devotional service throughout our day. So, in this verse in purport, what is being stressed is that one should take shelter of the lotus feet of Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And Srila Prabhupada stresses throughout the purport that what is the need of surrendering or worshiping any other demigod. And it's very interesting in our society that we don't really meet many people that are worshiping Brahma, Shiva, different demigods. Most people in this society don't even know about the devatas. Coming from like Catholic background, it's easy to accept the... Uh, existence of the devatas because in Catholic theology you have different angels Michael, Gabriel, you have all these different angels that are actually kind of the same as demigods they're in charge of different aspects of material affairs, managing the Lord's creation but nobody really worships those demigods one might pray to them to get closer to God, which we might talk about a little bit later on. But for the most part, it's interesting that for us, the main mission of our lives is just to get people to accept that Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead, that really talk about the devatas. But there's so many places in our Gaudiya Vaishnav Siddhanta theology where it's stressed that one should not worship the demigods. 
There's so many verses in Bhagavad Gita. Is the microphone handy? Does anybody want to give maybe one or two verses of Krishna explaining that we should not take shelter of the demigods? Does anybody have any memorized? No, COVID or even a line. Anybody else have any other verse? Which is? Bhutaniyanti. So yeah, there's different verses in Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam, that stress that one should take shelter of Krishna. Right? Even Akama Sarvakama Va Mokshakama Udharadhi Tivrena Bhakti Yogena Nijeta Purushamparam. That whether one has material desires, one's free from material desires, one's after liberation, one should still worship the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And Bhagavatam is filled with so many interesting pastimes of Krishna showing how Brahma, Shiva, the top demigods, Prabhupada says, what is it? Taking shelter of the even those in the highest positions like Brahma and Shiva, they uh, are dependent on Krishna. And this is important for us to know also because of the second offense to the holy name. One should not place Brahma and Shiva to be independent or equal to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So if we don't have this knowledge that the demigods, especially Brahma and Shiva, are dependent of Krishna, then we can make offenses to the holy name and it will impede our progress in devotional service. Last week we spoke a little bit about Brahma and Shiva and how they cannot give even liberation to the living entities. And this morning I was thinking about how there's a beautiful pastime in Chaitanya Charitamrita of when Brahma, he went to Dwaraka to see Krishna. And when Brahma went to Dwaraka, he met the doorman, the Dwarapala. And Brahma said, I would like to speak with Krishna. And so the doorman, the Dwarapala, he said to Brahma, 
give me one second, I will go announce that you've arrived to Krishna. The doorman went to Krishna and said, Brahma is here to see you. And what was Krishna's reply? Which Brahma? Which Brahma has come to see me? So the doorman went back to Lord Brahma and he said, Krishna wants to know which Brahma you are. Brahma said, which Brahma? I'm four-headed Brahma, the father of the four Kumars. And so the doorman went back. And Krishna called Brahma to meet him. Brahma immediately fell down in obeisances, worshipped Krishna. Krishna also gave some pleasing words to Brahma. And Krishna said, what would you like to discuss with me? And Brahma said, I will tell you in a little bit what I came here to talk to you about, but first please remove this doubt in my mind. While I was waiting, you, you asked the doorman, which Brahma I am? What other Brahmas are there? Immediately Krishna closed his eyes in meditation, and immediately there were so many Brahmas that manifested. Some Brahmas had ten heads, some had a hundred heads, some had a hundred thousand heads, some had a million heads, ten million heads, a hundred million heads. So many Brahmas were manifested. And Shiva, so many different kinds of Lord Shivas were manifested with having so many different uh, numbers of heads. So many Indras came with so many different eyes. They were all manifested immediately and they all paid their obeisances to Krishna and all their helmets as they bowed down. It was like a beautiful glorification of Krishna. And Krishna asked all of them, how are you doing? Is everything well? Are there any disturbances from the demons? And all the Brahmas, all the Shivas, all the Indras, they all resounded in unison, saying that because you've manifested yourself on the earth planet, there's no disturbance. And Krishna glanced at all of them, and amazingly, none of them knew that the others were there. So when you get into multiverse theories and so many uh, different theories of multi-universes. Chaitanya Charitamrita is giving how so many different personalities from so many different universes can manifest in one room and yet not realize that the others are there, but Krishna's. And this is also stated in Chaitanya Charitamrita as the glory of Dwarka Dham. I think the verse starts Dwarka Adi. So not just Dwarka, but all of the Dhams Jagannath Puri, Vrindavan Dham, Mayapur Dham, all of these Dhams of Krishna, all the universes are actually manifest within those Dhams. And even if we take the temple to be a Dham, if we have the proper vision, we could actually see that all the universes are within this room. Don't try too hard to do that, just chant Hare Krishna. But something to think about. So Brahma was immediately humbled 
thinking that I'm, the, I'm in the highest position in this material world. Shri Prabhupada says, Padameshti sometimes means the supreme person denoting Brahma. But Brahma was immediately humbled by Krishna, showing that his position is a post. He's not unique. In fact, he only has four heads, while others have so many millions of heads. And they have larger universes. So Brahma, he is humbled by Krishna. We're all humbled by Krishna when we get too puffed up. We see over and over again how Krishna likes to deflate his devotees. Because when we have that mood of pride, pratishta, then it gets in the way of our devotional service, really being humble servant of Krishna. And I was thinking about Shiva and Krishna book. There's the pastime of Vrikasura. Most of us know the pastime of Vrikasura. But Vrikasura, he wanted to get a benediction very easily. Narada Muni was passing by and he asked Narada Muni, out of the three gods, Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva, who's the most easiest, easily pleased? Narada Muni replied, Oh, Lord Shiva, he's very easily pleased. You should worship and perform austerities to Lord Shiva. So Vrikasura, having such an evil plan, he started this yagya, this austerity of cutting off bits of his flesh and offering it into the fire. Such an evil, demoniac type of worship. But he continued for six days, cutting off parts of his flesh. On the seventh day, Lord Shiva still hadn't appeared to him, and so he vowed to cut off his head. And just as he was about to cut off his head, Lord Shiva manifested. Lord Shiva manifested and actually healed Vrikasura of all of his wounds of cutting his flesh. Then he said, there's no need to take your life. Please, what type of benediction would you like? Vrikasura immediately, being evil-minded, he wanted the power that if I touch somebody's head, it'll immediately crack or explode like being hit by a thunderbolt. Lord Shiva said, so be it. Vrikasura, getting the benediction, he then had the desire to steal Lord Shiva's wife, Goddess Parvati. And so he immediately went to touch the demon's head, uh, to touch Lord Shiva's head, to kill Lord Shiva. Lord Shiva immediately started running, and he even went to different demigods to ask for help, and none of them could help him. So he went to Svetadrip, where Lord Vishnu resides in the ocean of milk. And Lord Vishnu took the form of a brahmachari. What type of brahmachari? Brahmachari with a staff, deerskin, and rudraksha. He didn't put on tulsi, but he put on rudraksha, the beads worn by worshippers of Lord Shiva. And he immediately went to Vrikasura and said, What are you doing? What are you trying to do? And he said, I've gotten this benediction. 
that if I touch somebody's head, their head explodes. So I'm going to kill Lord Shiva and I'm going to take his wife. Vishnu, in the form of a brahmachari, said, you know, I don't think that Lord Shiva is all there. I don't think he's as sane as you think he is. Why? Because when he was in the Yagya of Daksha, he was cursed to become a ghost. And so he's become the leader of the ghosts and goblins. This is his association. So how can you believe anything that he says? Actually, you know what you should do? You should try it out yourself. Touch your own head and just see that there's no benediction there. So the demon, being under the superior illusory energy of the Lord, bewildered by the Lord, what did he do? He touched his own head and his head cracked and he died. Lord Vishnu had to save Lord Shiva. And the next chapter is all about Brigamuni testing Brahma, Shiva, and Vishnu. And most of us know that pastime of how Brigamuni comes to know that Vishnu is superior to Brahma and Shiva. So there's so many beautiful pastimes in Srimad Bhagavatam, the Vedic literatures. Last week we told the one about the blade of grass, different demigods becoming puffed up. So the demigods, even in the highest positions, Brahma and Shiva, they're always inferior to the Lord. And by surrendering to Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, what does Prabhupada say? Even even if you want material prosperity, Krishna can give you both. Why not? Krishna will reciprocate with your worship. He reciprocates with how we surrender unto him. But somebody can say, well, in Srimad Bhagavatam, there's different pastimes of Brahman Shiva being inferior. But what about devotees who surrender to demigods to achieve the favor of Krishna? Does anybody know any pastime like that where even the topmost devotees, Mother Nidra? Do you have, what is, is there a pastime? Yes, the Vastra Harana Lila, where Krishna steals the garments of the gopis. And it's amazing how some of our acharyas, they point out that, well, actually the gopis, they were worshipping Yoga Maya, Katyayani Durga, but also she could be Yoga Maya. But Srila Prabhupada in Krishna book, he makes the point that they were worshipping Katyayani, a demigoddess to achieve the favor of Krishna. And it's such a beautiful pastime. I was reading Srila Jiva Goswami's Gopal Champu and the Vastraharana Lila. And something that struck my heart in the very beginning of the pastime was that Srila Jiva Goswami states that how all of these young girls, all these young gopis, Right? They're born in different places. They have different moods. They have different interests. But they all come together. And he points out that uh, 
how does he word it? He words it so beautifully that just as so many students can come under one guru, they all, by the guru's mercy, have the same goal. So all these girls come together and they have the same goal. They want Krishna as their husband. And Shri Jiva Goswami gives a very beautiful imagery that all of them got together just like clouds that get together to produce rain. I thought that was really nice for community living that all of these gopis, different interests, different moods, under the shelter of one guru, they all have one goal, and then all these clouds coming together produce rain, make the earth very fertile. So nice imagery there for everybody to come together and have the same goal of worshiping Krishna. And Vrinda Devi, she shows up dressed as a mendicant, and she engages the gopis in worshiping goddess Katyayini, goddess Durga. For one month, they only eat kitri that's unspiced, unsalted. And they would go to the bank of the Yamuna every morning. And they would create these images of goddess Katyayini in the sand, in the bank of the Yamuna, and worship goddess Durga to attain Krishna as the husband. And Krishna, after the month-long Katyayani Vrata, worshipping goddess Katyayani, the gopis, they would go into the river Yamuna, they would place their clothes on the bank underneath the tree. And at the end of their vrat, Krishna showed up with four of his friends. And they immediately took all of the clothes of the gopis and put them up in the tree. Does anybody know the names of the four friends that accompanied Krishna? This is very esoteric. So Dhamma, Sudama, Vasudama, and Kinkini. I want to tell you something really secret that Shiva Jiva Goswami states but I don't know if you guys can handle it. I couldn't handle it because I'm still like, it's still like rolling, rolling and rolling. Um, Shri Jiva Goswami states something so interesting that Dhamma, Sudama, Vasudama and Kinkini are the external manifestations of the Antakarana of Krishna. What is the Antakarana? They represent Krishna's mind, intelligence, consciousness, and ego. And this is also stated in the Gotamiya Tantra. Um, it's stated by Nayananda Thakur in his, uh, what is it, Prayorasa book about uh, cowherd boys. But Shri Jiva Goswami, he states that these four boys, they know all of the pastimes in Vrindavan because they're non different than the mind, intelligence, Ego and consciousness of Krishna. Is it the same as the Brahman? Is the Brahman different? Different. Yeah. So these four boys, they accompany Krishna everywhere in Vrindavan. And so they, under the order of Krishna, they start joking with the gopis. We don't have to go into 
so much esoteric pastimes of Krishna, but ultimately Krishna accepted them as his wives. So we see here that worshipping a demigod to get to Krishna is actually bona fide, given the example of the gopis. So if you have the mood that, yes, I want to gain the favor of certain personalities who are devotees of Krishna, Brahma, Shiva, all the demigods, they're devotees of Krishna, then you can utilize that worship to get to Krishna, as the Vastraharna Leela shows us. So in the other aspect of this purport, so Prabhupada makes the point about demigods, and the other point he brings out is sarva bhavena, means an all-loving ecstasy. Bhava is the preliminary stage of elevation before the attainment of pure love of Godhead. So bhava bhakti, we can go through the science of bhava bhakti a little bit. First, how many different types of bhakti are there stated in Nectar of Devotion? Does anybody remember the three types of bhakti? I don't know where the microphone is, but does anybody... Oh, do you remember? You guys remember? And stated in Nectar of Devotion, there's three types of bhakti. There's sadhana bhakti, bhava bhakti, and prema bhakti. And Shri Rupa Goswami points out that actually there's only two types of bhakti. There's sadhana bhakti, devotional service and practice, and then there's siddha bhakti, that devotional service that's perfected. So bhava bhakti and prema bhakti is perfection. And how do we get to bhava bhakti? Shri Rupa Goswami and Prabhupada state that there's two ways to get to the platform of bhav, and that is through sadhana, either vaidhi or rag, and then finally kripa, the mercy of the devotees or of Krishna. So what is bhav? Shuddha sattva visheshatma premasur yangsu samyabhak ruchabhis chittamasranya kritaso bhava uchite. So shuddha sattva visheshatma this doesn't literally mean Shuddha-sattva, the platform of, of transcendental uh, goodness, but it means Shuddha-sattva, Visheshatma, means when the Haladini Shakti and Sambhat Shakti enter the heart of a devotee and makes the heart very soft. It softens the heart. That's what bhava does. So bhava is also you can literally say, means ecstasy or emotion. And prema suryangsu samyabhak, it's compared to a ray of light from the sun of prema. So bhava is like in the morning time when there's light but the sun hasn't risen. So bhava is the preliminary stage right before prema, pure love of God. And ruchabhis chittamasranya, the consciousness is completely purified due to those haladini, samvit shaktis entering, making the heart so soft. 
that one's consciousness, it's filled with just ruchibas, ruchi, taste for Krishna. So this is bhav, very high platform. And in Nectar of Devotion, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, Srila Rupa Goswami gives the qualifications of one who's in bhav. So if one is on the platform of bhav, there's certain qualities that one has. Does anybody remember some of them? So, kshantir avyarta kalatvam viraktir manashunyata ashabanda samutkanta namagane sadaruchi asaktis tad gunakyane vasati tad stale oh, pritis vasati tad stale ityado that the anubhav, the symptoms of one who is on the platform of bhav, the first one is kshantir, forgiveness or tolerance. So when we think of forgiveness and tolerance, right, tolerating so many things in this material world, right? Prabhupada states in Krishna book, one's greatness has to be estimated by one's ability to tolerate provoking situations. So one who is on the platform of bhav, they're able to tolerate anything. They're able to forgive everyone. Avyarta kalatvam, they don't waste a single moment. They try to utilize every moment in Krishna's service. The next one is uh, viraktir. Viraktir, detachment. They're completely detached from the material pleasures of this world. Mana shunyata. Does anybody know what mana shunyata means? Besides Samipras or Tushar, Mother Nita. <laughs> Man. Man in this, uh, when uh, longe means um, anger or pride. So mana shunyata means they have no false ego. They are completely free from all pride, all anger. Uh, the next one is Ashabanda. Ashabanda is very sweet. You know this one. Hope. Yeah, hoping that, Shri Prabhupada states in Nectar of Devotion, that hoping that by following the rules and regulations of devotional service, by following the orders of the spiritual master, then I will reach perfection. So there's that hope. And samut kanta. Samut kanta means intense eagerness. Intense eagerness. Or as Ramananda Roy puts it, uh, tatra loliam api mulyam ekalam. There's only one ekalam, there's only one way to get Krishna bhakti rasa bhavatamati. There's only one way that you can't janmakoti sukriter nalabite. There's if you have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of births of pious activities, you're good. You're like a perfect good boy or good girl for hundreds and hundreds of births. Still, you cannot achieve 
Krishna Bhakti Rasa. You cannot achieve devotional service. The only way you can achieve devotional service, Lyolyam, intense greed. So Samadkanta, intense eagerness. And then this is an easy one. Namagane Sadaruchi. Taste of the holy name. One who's in bhav, they have taste for the holy name. And then asaktis tad gunakyane. They want to constantly, uh, not con- but they have such love, asaktis, deep attachment to the qualities of Krishna. In Nectar of Devotion, there's 64 qualities of Krishna. You can read through each one, how Krishna manifests those different qualities. I'm sorry? Is that, is that verse in Prabhupada Shloka book? Uh, it's in Chaitanya Charitamrita. I don't know if it's in the Shloka book, though. And then the last one is Prittis Tad Vasatis that they love to live at the holy place. Any Vasatis wherever Krishna has performed his pastimes, those who are in bhav, they're deeply in love with those places. And Shri Prabhupada again points out the temple is a dham, it's a holy place, it's a spiritual world. So these are the qualities of one who's in bhav. Just like when you read Madhurya Kandambani and you see where you're at in the uh, krama, in the steps up to prema, going through nishta, anashtata, bhajanakriya, anartanavritti, going through. So one can go through the qualities of bhav and introspect, do I really have deep emotion for Krishna. Right? And even in Srimad Bhagavatam, Nagamakalpa Tarar Galitam Pali Pala Shukukara Mrita Dravya Samyutam Pibita Bhagavatam Rasam Alayam Mahur Aho Rasika Bhuvi Bhavukaha. Who are those personalities that are really attached to Srimad Bhagavatam? Bhavukas, those who have bhav they really enjoy reading Srimad Bhagavatam. So we can go through the qualities of one who's in bhav and hold that as a uh, litmus test to see, do I really have bhav? Do I really have deep emotional ecstasy for Krishna? And very interestingly also, Srila Prabhupada, in the end section of his description of bhav, Quotes from, I believe it's the Nasringa Purana. Is it Nasringa Purana? Where he talks about how even if one is in bhav, they might not be completely cleared of all um, anartas. And so he gives the example of the moon and the pockmarks. Right? Is it from the Nasringa Purana, I think, right? Or Nasringa Tapani Upanishad? Something like that. That you have the beautiful moon and instead of instead of just appreciating the beautiful moon you're criticizing the pockmarks the dark craters on the moon so even if one is on bhav it's very amazing that one can be in such high platform of devotional service and still there might be some things that uh, one might criticize them for but again, one who's in bhav, mana, shunyata, they're completely free from 
false ego. And they're full of forgiveness. So we can also take these qualities and see, am I full of forgiveness? Kshantir? Somebody, you know, I'm waiting in line for some kitri. Somebody jumps in front of me. And I'm almost, I'm like the first one there and somebody jumps in front of me and now I have to wait a couple more seconds. Sticks in my mind. Man, how could that person jump in front of me like that? Or do we have forgiveness? And on and on. We can see how attached we are to spiritual qualities of Krishna, spiritual life rather than material life. So... Devotional service and full Krishna consciousness is the only means for attaining the highest perfection of life for the human being. So I'll stop here and thank you for your kind attention. If there's any questions, comments, or corrections. Did you look up if it's Nasringa Purana? Nasringa Purana. Oh, that same. Thank you, Prabhu. Is there any questions, comments? Oh. I was appreciating the translation and saying that Krishna is a lotus feet or worth worshipping. And uh, maybe the frustration we often found is not worth worshipping. In the West, people don't really like that word so much, but uh, it comes from the great term of like what you put worth in, worship. Mm. So, Yeah, it's, uh, uh, there's also there's uh, some theologians um, you can see in secular society that when they're not worshiping God, they worship other aspects like celebrity culture. But one of the big things that they talk about nowadays is politics. And that's why it's so prevalent in our lives now is that uh, because there's no transcendence being worshipped, then they're worshipping politics. And so it's just day in and day out, talking politics, talking politics. Supposedly, through a particular guru who 
uh, went to Prabhupada and said, could they worship Ganesh? <laughs> Some of the, you know, all the obstacles and the money come rolling in, just like when you're riding around in India in the cabs, mm. and the different, going to different businesses and shops, they always get to have Ganesh. So Prabhupada said, yes, something like if you bring in a hundred thousand dollars a month. <laughs> so, so it seems like, um, you know, okay, we could maybe worship Devadas to um, serve Krishna, but it seems like there needs to be a pretty big amount of body power to, mm. to do that and uh, permission, right? So I don't know if they actually did do that. I don't remember all the details of the past time. Maybe we know that they started the Ganesh worship and then went to about a hundred thousand dollars. I think they, I think he did. Yeah, I think so. Also, I'm pretty sure he did, and he handed them all the cash. <laughs> Yeah, I got to uh, Guru Kripa Prabhu. He came to L.A. years ago, and uh, we got the good fortune of meeting him, and he was telling many pastimes of Srila Prabhupada. Very amazing personality. He chances rounds. Like, uh, he'll sit down in the temple room, and he chants, he'll, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna, like all of his rounds that loud. <laughs> <laughs> He's really a uh, really amazing personality. Miss <laughs> Margaret. So Sharing. Jai, we'll stop here. Granthara Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Srila Prabhupada ki jai.